Welcome back to Be a Better Leader. I'm Dr. AJ Lee, a manager for our customer success team and learning implementation strategist here at Franklin Covey, the world's most trusted leadership company. Every manager and leader knows that they need to communicate effectively. They know that it's necessary to help people get and stay engaged. So today, I'd like to take it back to the basics to talk through one simple and practical setting where effective communication can take place, one-on-ones. To help us understand the value of those meetings and some best practices, I am thrilled to welcome our former Chief People Officer at Franklin Covey for 18 years, senior consultant, and the best-selling author of two essential books, Everyone Deserves a Great Manager, The Six Critical Practices for Leading a Team, and Get Better, 15 Proven Practices to Build Effective Relationships at Work. This is Todd Davis. Todd, welcome back. Thank you, AJ. How, what a nice introduction. I, I feel like a million bucks now. I'm going to have you introduce me anywhere. Thanks so uh, much. It's great to be here. Definitely. We're so grateful to have you here. Thank you for taking the time. And Todd, I know you are a major advocate for one-on-ones and have much experience, uh, especially as written in your book, Everyone Deserves a Great Manager. You really focus on the value of one-to-ones for leaders in their role. Um Since they're one of those six critical practices from your lens, share with our listeners why are one-on-ones such an effective opportunity to communicate with their teams? Yeah, thank you for such a good question. Well, as you know, but maybe our listeners don't, on uh, on in many of our leadership work sessions and our content, we talk about, we use this phrase, I'm a valued member of a winning team doing meaningful work in an environment of trust. And I'm convinced after being in the chief people officer role for 18 years, as you mentioned, that I just transitioned out of, if every manager, every leader came to work every day with that as their goal, to have every person for whom they're responsible really feel and believe and know that they are a valued member of a winning team doing meaningful work in an environment of trust, your team, your organization would be unstoppable. And to your point, I've learned one of the most effective tools is a well thought out, uh, very, very um, carefully crafted one-on-one on a regular basis. It is, it is the, the, of many things that we use as leaders, it is the most significant tool or resource to make sure that our team members feel valued. That's just amazing to hear. And I, and I think sometimes we take for granted one-to-ones for those other leaders. We think that it's second nature to go into a conversation that compels and needs some vulnerability to that conversation. And, and for those that are thinking, well, I meet with my team when I need something compared to giving a message to the group, why one-to-ones versus just sharing <laughs> you know, what the t- what you need from the team as the group consistently, like what types of conversations or topics are most often c- covered during that more intimate conversation? Yeah, you just hit on such a, a key point of this. When, when, when I'm out talking about the six critical practices for leading a team, and I say hold regular one-on-ones is one of them, people kind of go, really? That's your big, that's your big magic here? Hold regular one-on-ones? But it's, how we think about one-on-ones you know it's not a a routine maintenance checkup or to find out how they're progressing on a particular goal there are other meetings for that but the one-on-one when it's actually held as it's supposed to be big aha is the one-on-one should be the employees meeting the team oh. member 
eating. And that's and 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 several leaders have had kind of a, a been taken aback a bit about that, saying, "Well, wait a minute." No, you have other meetings to find out what's in a salesperson's person's pipeline or how a project manager is doing on her on the project. But the one-on-one -on -one is the employee's meeting. Great managers, the managers I've had, uh, will often send out an email to me a few days before our one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's bi-weekly or monthly or weekly, and say, "Hey, Todd, we've got our we've got our meeting coming up. What would you like to make sure we cover?" And AJ, even before we get to the one-on-one, -on -one, I already feel like a valued member of a winning team because my manager is letting me know, and it's sincere, but they're letting me know that I'm a priority. So, mm -hmm. so they're, the things that we talk about in a true healthy one-on-one -on -one are things that the employee tees up. Now, my leaders will say, if we have time, I'd like to make sure we cover this and this and this, but I want to make sure we cover your topics first. So I think it's that that mindset and that setting of the tone of what the one-on-one -on -one is all about that is super important right up front. And now I've talked so much, I don't even remember if I answer your question. <laughs> you answered it spot on. You talked about the paradigm shift from one-on-ones not being a manager's responsibility to dictate what the agenda will be for that conversation, but to put that empowerment in the hands of their direct reports and allow them the opportunity to contribute uh, in a meaningful way. I feel yeah. like that's a huge shift because as managers, we often feel like we have to do all the things all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's it's kind of nice to say, no, the agenda's up to you, employee. Now, I'll have employees, when I was in formal leadership roles, they'll say, well, gosh, I'm, I'm not quite sure what to talk about. And so I have, could I share with you a couple of things that I share with them? Would that be all right? Yeah. If I'm, if I'm talking to a superstar, Okay, we all know what a superstar is. They're the, person, they're the AJ Lees of the organization. They just knock it out of the park on everything. Then honestly, if I were AJ Lees' leader, Dr. Lees' leader, I would say, well, a couple of things. If, if you'd like to know what I'd like to talk about, you know, from, from, that I'd like to learn from you is what's working for you, what's not working for you, and what would you like to do next? Now, those questions, I'll go talk to leaders and they'll go, well, with it, with, AJ Lee, I don't want to, I don't want to prompt her to what she would like to do next because I don't want her to do anything. I want her to just do what she's doing. And I will say to them, well, that's great. Let's wait till the organization down the street calls her and says, what would you like to do next? So let's find out. So this is for your superstars. What's working for you? What's not working for you? And and I'll again I'll have leaders say, well, what if it's what if they bring up something that's not working for them and I can't do anything about it? Well, again, just the fact that you're asking that you want to know. If if there if there are wannabes, I call them, they want to be a superstar. They got potential, but they're not yet a superstar. Similar questions. What's working for you? What's not working for you? Here's what I'd like you to do next. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'd like you to do next. To, to give them the opportunity to spread their wings and become an, another AJ Lee. And then if they're your POABs, P-O-A-B, have you ever heard of POABs? No. <laughs> Good. I hope not because I made it up, but it's possibly on another bus. Okay. So these, these are good people who may be in the wrong role, but still a one-on-one -on -one is, is an opportunity, a coaching opportunity to say, you know, here's, here's what's not working and here's what you got to do to fix it. Those are shorter conversation. That's really not for a one-on-one. -on -one. But anyway, those are just some ideas that I give leaders if they're, if they're needing to coach their employees as far as what to come up with in, in their discussions. Making sure the employee knows you have a vested interest in them. You want to know what, what, what's working for them and address them is what we call at Franklin Covey the whole person paradigm. 
not just about what's you know what's going well in the project, but but what else would you like to to talk about, and how can I as your leader clear the path for you? That's so good. I hope those listening were taking notes, thinking about that framework and the power of three: what's working, what's not working, and then reframing that last question depending on your employee, where they are in their career journey, their vested interest in the org already, how you might need to approach that conversation. So it could be for those superstars, as you called them, those impact players, asking them what they want to do next. For those that are in that middle category, having that conversation with them about what you want them to improve upon. And then, like you said, having a different conversation with those that you need to get on the same page with, that that conversation may not need to be brought into a one-to-one, to your point, that might be more of a perform- performance management uh, conversation. So, Right, right. So one of the skills taught in your book and the training course is empathic listening. So can you explain what empathic listening is? Why is this important in one-to-ones? Enlighten us. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I would suspect we have some some experts out there in habit five of the seven habits. And if not, let me just share with you, uh, habit five is seek first to understand and then to be understood. So what does it mean to seek first to understand? Empathic listening, there's a very simple formula. In fact, it's so simple that we we almost can't believe that it's this easy. And it is, it is, it, it sounds easy, but it's hard because we're fixers. We're doers. We want to solve. We want to fix. And so as Dr. Covey used to ask all the time, do you listen with the intent to understand or do you listen with the intent to reply? And I've not met a person, even the most perfect of people who haven't said, gosh, yes, sometimes I'm nodding my head, but I'm already formulating my response. And it comes from a good place. We want to solve. We want to fix. We want to jump in with our suggestions. But that's not what empathic listening is. Empathic listening is simply reflecting, listening, truly listening, and reflecting back to the person what you sense they're feeling. And and maybe sometimes it's appropriate, sometimes it's not to kind of um, reword what they're saying. So AJ, what I hear you saying is that you're concerned about the way that we're putting together this new strategy. Have I got that right? That's an empathic response. It's not coming from an autobiographical standpoint, advising, probing, interpreting, judging. Those are all useful but not when empathic listening is what's needed. So when emotions are high, good or bad, or I mean frustrated or happy, and the reason I bring that up is some people think that empathic listening is only needed when somebody's frustrated or sad or angry. But but I've seen, in fact, I saw a situation recently where somebody in a meeting, they were having some you know uh, initial ice-breaking chat, and somebody said, oh, I got a new car. And the other person said, oh, I got a new car too. Let me tell you what we got. And they went on and on. And I thought, ah, I kind of think that she wanted to tell us about her new car. But you could. So whenever emotions are high, empathic listening and simply reflecting back to the person, gosh, you seem really excited. Tell me more about it. That's an empathic statement. Sorry, I, I talk a little much because I get really passionate about this. <laughs> no, I think that was a perfect definition for everyone to really understand how to put themselves in the almost like a moment of pause and intention instead of trying to advance to however they wanted to respond or whatever they wanted to say as a means to an end. Um 
I, another way I've heard it shared before as well is listen, just don't be waiting to talk, <laughs> which in essence is the same thing that that you've shared also, which I think is so important because we, in these types of conversations, we can go in as leaders with our own agenda. Even if we invite them to share their agenda, we still have our things we want to share. We still maybe already go through those autobiographical responses in our mind of how what we think went on in whatever scenario instead of being more curious and seeking first to understand as you explained. That's beautiful. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great word you used is is curious. Not curious because I want to I want to probe and find out what's going on, but curious because I care about you as a person. A word that Dr. Covey used to use all the time was suspend. He would say, when you are listening empathically, you're suspending. You're not agreeing or disagreeing with the person. You're suspending your opinion or your feelings long enough to really hear them out. And and something you just reminded me of, I think a lot of leaders, when they learn that the the one-on-one is to be the employee's meeting, it makes them nervous because they think, well, what if they bring up something I can't solve or I can't fix? Well, that's okay because an empathic leader says, gosh, that's an interesting point, AG. I'm not sure how to go about that, but I'd like to think on that, but I really appreciate you sharing that with me. And so if I understand correctly, what you're worried about is blah, 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 blah. Let me get back with you on that. That's that's all you have to do. And then, of course, follow through, but you don't have to solve in that moment. Mm. So if someone wants to start doing more regular one-to-ones and they, they don't even know where to start in terms of positioning that conversation. It might be a change in behavior from what their employees have experienced in the past. Is there any advice you'd give for them, a simple step to help them just get started? Yeah. I just think with with communication, the greatest thing we could all do in communication, whether it's a one-on-one or a difficult conversation, declare your intent. And I think the greatest leaders say, hey, team, I, I just – read a book or I just had a conversation and I would like to reframe how we handle one-on-ones. I'd like you all to know, first of all, I hope you do know how how important you are to this team and to our success. And I value each one of you. And I would like to reframe our one-on-ones um, to be your meetings. So I'm going to ask you, I mean, I'm just to state it, like we've been talking about and have a leader say, so I'd like to remind you, I'm not trying to put work on you, but I'd like you to make sure that you send me before a one-on-one what you'd like to talk about. And I commit to you, we're going to address those things. We're going to, you're going to run the meeting. Um, if you'd like some suggestions, if you don't know what to talk about, sure, I'll be happy to brainstorm with you on that. And then one other point, AJ, that we bring up in the book, in the course that I'd like to bring up here is be realistic about how often you can meet because the two biggest takeaways on one-on-ones are number one it's the employees meeting that we already talked about number two don't cancel them don't move them around it's it's yes urgencies come up but we have found through all of our research that one-on-ones tend to be the meeting most canceled or most moved and every time we do that we are unintentionally sending a message to that employee that you don't matter as much as this thing that came up now Will they have to be moved once in a while? Absolutely. But be realistic. If I've got a large team, I probably won't meet with them every week. So I, I would just say that to them. I say, we've got some people and I want to make sure these are meaningful meetings. So we're going to meet every other week or maybe even every three weeks for purposes of this one-on-one. That's okay if you then hold that time sacred. You don't miss it. You don't postpone it, except for when the, you know the rare, rare urgencies. 
Sorry, I'll calm down here. <laughs> no, no, I think that was a huge takeaway to make sure that we're realistic in our expectations of the time that we have so that we can be as present and intentional as possible when we do have it. That is definitely something that I know I've been guilty of when I'm not intentional about it because things pop up. And if you have that recurring meeting on and it's something that's that's for maybe a different stakeholder, it's easy to just ask permission and go ahead and move it. Um, but like yeah. you said, those are uh, withdrawals, if you will, from that relationship that can build up over time to make someone feel like they're they're not valued. Exactly. Well said. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Todd. Like you mentioned, I think we could go on and on for a very long time, continuing to discuss just the value and the importance of one-to-ones. Uh, I appreciate all the amazing nuggets you've shared, and I hope that everyone listening took away at least one thing uh, from this conversation that they can build into how they're approaching supporting their team. So thank you, Todd, so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So for anyone who would like to learn more about empathic listening, you can download our free guide, Listen Like a Leader, Nine Tips to Drive Powerful Conversations. And you can find the link now in the show notes or visit franklincovey.com for more information and resources. Till next time, thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.